and Gibbs on 95.7 The Game. I just can't believe the 49ers haven't fired Kyle Shanahan yet. Uh, it's ridiculous how he keeps losing the last game of the year every According single year. According to sources, uh, D'Amico Ryans will replace him as the new Niners head coach. Well, I, you know. I don't like my sources. It's but. about damn time. <laughs> It's about damn time. He gets every quarterback hurt. Look at you going Lizzo on me. He doesn't know how to call a play. Uh, It is clear that he's good until he's not. And in the end, he's always not. Can't win the big one, Mark. He can't. I mean, he wins a lot of the big ones, but not the biggest big one. He can't even get to the biggest of the big one. Nick Sirianni. So the Hall of Fame level left tackle and an awesome conversation. Joe Thomas joins us now on Willard and Dibs. I mean, Joe, am I right or am I right or am I right? <laughs> this this Shanahan character has got to go. Well, that's what I love about pro football. Everybody always has a gripe about their team unless they win the Super Bowl. And you know what? You didn't win the Super Bowl, so get rid of the coach. (laughs) It's long overdue, Joe, that we run this guy out of town. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sick of him winning playoff games with a third stringer, Joe. I've had enough. (laughs) I love it. I mean, Joe, will you share uh, with our audience a little bit about your reaction to the reaction of Tyler Croft ending up on Hassan Reddick and that leading to an injury to Brock Purdy. Yeah, well, basically, if you like Kyle Shanahan's offense, which I think most people in the NFL have a high level of respect, it's basically every offensive coordinator that is being hired in the NFL to be a head coach is running his offense because it puts the most pressure on a defense and forces defenses to defend every blade of grass. It marries what their rushing concepts are with their play-action concepts, so they look similar. They put the secondary and the linebackers in conflict. That's why it's so hard to defend. But when you're going to do that, occasionally you're going to have your tight ends and your fullbacks blocking pass rushers. And, you know, that's the risk you have to take. And sometimes it doesn't always pay off. We saw that in the game this past weekend. But on top of that, we'll say – the quarterback with experience is going to understand where his protections are strong, where they're a little bit weaker, and understand that, hey, if we're going to play action and my tight end is blocking a good pass rusher on the edge of the line of scrimmage, he's being told, because Kyle does a great job of coaching everybody on that offense and letting him understand the nuance and the detail of every protection, that, hey, if that tight end loses, he's going to lose late into the outside. So as a quarterback, If I'm trying to push the ball down the field, I need to hitch up in the pocket because the strength is in front of me with my offensive line, and the problems are going to be coming from the edge and from behind me. And so you put all those things together, you look at a great coach who had an unfortunate situation, unfortunately, that caused their their starting quarterback, who was already their third quarterback, to get injured in the beginning of that game and lead to a disappointing outcome. Bit of a perfect storm when you've got a rookie tight end and a rookie quarterback who don't understand maybe in that moment the concepts that you're talking about, Joe. One thing I, I want to ask you as a elite offensive lineman, gold jacket in waiting, it's the nature of that five-man front against more of a zone-running, finesse-style offensive line. Is that the elixir for the zone offense when you have five defensive linemen who are that physical? Oh, I wouldn't say it's the elixir. I mean, if you want to stop somebody's run game, it's nice having five good defensive linemen. I mean, that's your best bet. From a scheme standpoint, I don't know um, how that really plays into it as much. 
because even though, yes, the outside zone, a lot of people want to talk about it being more finesse because it's not as, like, bludgeon you with a sledgehammer in your face as maybe like a downhill, old-school type inside zone offense. But Kyle would take offense to that. I remember him taking offense to it when I was in meetings with him because he was like, yeah, because we're running on an angle doesn't make it soft. Like, we're running violently on an angle on a track and blowing people off the ball, but it's not straight off the ball. It's on an angle, but angles are better because it creates more gaps and more spaces and more different areas where the running back can cut, which makes it harder for those second-level linebackers and those safeties to know where they have to fill. And that's why it's a better offense. Like, yeah, do you get more concussions from your fullback when you just run lead draws and inside zones? Yeah, of course, because those nine guys on defense that are in charge of run defense, they know exactly where to run to, so they're going to run at it full speed, and you're going to get the full head of steam, and there's no confusion or no conflict for those guys, right? But that's why you see these teams that do run the outside zone racking up so many huge yard gains because you got linebackers that, oh, I don't know, is he going to be on the front side on this play? Is he going to be in the back side? The line blocking is the same, but I have no idea where the ball is going to get cut. Joe Thomas is with us here on 95.7 The Game, Willard and Dibbs. So, Joe, you said something in that first response with regard to uh, a young quarterback. So there's some inexperience there, even though he he played really well. What's your take when you now add in the UCL injury? Uh, Are the 49ers all solidified with a young quarterback, or, or would they be better off with veterans on the rest of the roster to do something else? Well, I think anybody that's watched the 49ers understand that they have a team that can win right now. I mean, they took Brock Purdy, and I've got a lot of respect for what he did, but I don't think anybody after what they saw so far are going to say he's a top 10 or top 15 quarterback right now. And so with that being said, he's going to be on the roster. Why don't you go out and get a guy like maybe a Tom Brady who's going to be a little bit more experienced, going to bring a little bit better level of play, uh, a little bit more consistency on the injury front, because really, Jimmy Garoppolo has played great when he's been out there for the Niners, but the reason they wanted to move on from him in the first place is because he gets injured a lot. So bring in a guy like Tom Brady, who rarely ever gets injured, who can play really, really good football, and oh, if, you know, unfortunately he does get banged up for whatever reason, then you do have a guy like Brock Purdy who's learning from Brady and he's starting to learn the nuances of the game that do take time so that if he is in that situation like he was last weekend again, he would know, hey, just hitch up a little bit in the pocket. Now I'm completing the pass rather than tearing my elbow up. Let's expound on that a little bit in terms of the you know what you talked about with the outside zone and a lot of these long, slow fakes and the boot action we've seen from Brock Purdy and more. Can Tom Brady still execute the sort of play fakes and the sort of subtle mobility needed in a Shanahan offense? Yeah, well, Tom's always been really good with the subtle mobility within the pocket. That's not a question to me. The, the, the question I think that is good to ask is, can he get outside the pocket with the bootlegs with some of the half rolls, some of those deeper play actions. And I would say absolutely because, I mean, he's not a fast guy. You're not going to watch him win any foot races with any fat offensive lineman, that's for sure. But when I was with Kyle in Cleveland, we had Brian Hoyer. He was our quarterback. He was not sweet of foot. He was not fast. He was a lot like Tom Brady does right now as far as his ability to scramble. But 
he was fast enough to be able to carry out those play fakes, to be able to move and protect himself. But as you get older, you start protecting yourself with your brain more than your feet. Like you're seeing things that are happening before everybody else on the field. So you're playing faster. You know, he may run a six second 40, but he's really running about a five, three or five, four because he can make quicker decisions and not put himself in compromising positions where he has to use his feet to get out of there. He knows where the quick checkdowns are. He knows how to put a little air on the football so he can throw it sooner to maybe a receiver where there's a defender that's trailing with his back turned to the football where he doesn't have to wait till the last second to zip it in there. So the ball's out of his hand. It just isn't to the spot at the exact same moment because he can put a little bit of air under it because he can anticipate and he's got the accuracy to throw the ball where it needs to go. All-time great. Joe Thomas is with us here on 95.7 The Game, and all guests are brought to you on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. It sounds like a ridiculous sort of comparison until you factor in age. Um, I, I get what you're saying, Tom Brady versus any young kid, but but 46 years old, and and, and he went 8-9 and nine this year. Like, Joe, is, is Tom Brady still Tom Brady? Yeah, he went 8-9 and nine primarily because his offensive line was completely gutted, and he had no protection up front. He had very minimal run game, and then their defense was banged up a good bit of the year. But they made the playoffs, and so I think there's a lot of teams that are looking at Tom Brady and going, you know what, I think he's undervalued right now because he just did not have nearly the team that he's had in years past around him. And if you put him in Kyle Shanahan's offense, it's not like he's going to be running RPOs like we saw with Trey Lance. He's going to be running the old-school Kyle Shanahan offense that he had with Matt Ryan, where it is bootlegs, it is play actions. Matt Ryan is very, very slow. I would say that Matt Ryan, when he was in Atlanta with Kyle, is probably the same speed as Tom Brady is right now. So it's going to be a little bit of different offense. It would be a little throwback for Kyle Shanahan if Brady was there. But he could absolutely run that offense with flawless efficiency, and I think it would be a juggernaut of an offense if you put Brady in there right now with Kyle Shanahan. You versus Tom Brady, 40-yard dash on a track uh, this Wednesday. Who wins, Joe? Look, I've been faster than Tom Brady since the day I was born, and nothing has changed. <laughs> yeah, actually, you are you faster now, like just running in a straight line? Are you faster now than you were when you played? I, I can say assuredly I am not faster right now. As a matter of fact, I played a little hoops with some buddies the other day, and at the end of my hoops game, if you have an Apple Watch, you understand even my Apple Watch was making fun of me because it asked <laughs> when I was done playing hoops, it said, would you like to record your indoor walk? Listen, watch. Uh, start messing with me. I'm going to throw you in the trash, yeah. too. Don't talk to me like that. I was playing basketball. Oh, my God. I'm a pro athlete. Watch. You listen to me, Apple Watch. Oh, my God. That's, that's so that's good. That's great. Joe, just real quick, uh, before we let you go, we're, we're asking everybody. Super Bowl is now, what, 12 days away. Not that any of us out here give a crap about some game. But who do you think wins the game, Joe? Super Bowl 50-whatever. Yeah, I like the Eagles just because I think they've got such a big advantage on both sides of the line. I think offensive and defensively, they're going to be able to dictate this game. And with their running game specifically, like they can control the tempo. They can control the number of possessions that Patrick Mahomes gets. And a lot of times what we see is, you know, Patrick Mahomes doesn't really care what the score is because he knows how quickly 
they can score, and then eventually their defense is going to take enough chances to get the football back. But I don't think you can make that prediction in this game because you let Philly get the ball, they're going to go on a 14-play drive at will, running the ball down the field. And so they have no ability to make a comeback, I think, in this game. And if it is close, Philly's just going to be able to squeeze the football out if there's three minutes left and they get the ball. So I I do think it's going to be exciting. I I can't wait to watch Patrick Mahomes again. He's the most exciting quarterback in football right now. Um, But I think the normal things that they rely on, they just won't be able to rely on that because of the Eagles' dominance on the offense and the defensive line. Uh, Joe, just, uh, just great stuff, man. Really, really appreciate you hopping on with us for a few today. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Follow me at Joe Thomas 73 Twitter and Instagram. All right, and don't let that Apple Watch put you around, okay? Yeah, man, I already <laughs> threw it in the garbage. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, good. All right, thanks, Joe. That's actually right, that's hilarious. That's so good. Joe Thomas is awesome. He's The only thing uh, that, that rivals his offensive line play is his media work. It's great media work. I mean, he's, he, gosh, love he's made that the dude. transition. Yeah, I love that dude. I need to check uh, when he's eligible for the gold jacket. Um, probably is it probably next year or the soon. year out? He's We're been getting... out for probably three. But we always want to talk about first ballot, and it, it doesn't really transcend to the Pro Football Hall of Fame because just because you're a, not a first ballot Hall of Famer doesn't mean that you shouldn't be because they limit the number of guys that that go in. Each year, so Joe Thomas may not go in on the first ballot, but he's going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, he retired March fourteenth, twenty eighteen. So this next year, so here we he's go. Up. Here he's we up. Go. He's yeah. up this year. He's not up. He in. He's going in right away. Right. Joe Thomas going in right away. Well, we'll see what the holdovers are this year. Yeah, Again, yeah, as I, I was you. just saying, Mark, you never know because only six get in. Right. And the official announcement, by the way, on this year's Hall of Fame class comes up either late this week or early next week, and there will be at least one or two people who don't get in who are going to be Hall of Famers. No doubt. No and doubt. holdovers, maybe they get in. And I don't know what the ballot looks like next year, but Joe Thomas going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, no absolutely. Doubt. It's going to happen sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, he's fantastic. Uh, but what about what he just said? About uh, Brady? Yeah, about Brady. I'm out. I'm out on Brady. And I appreciate his answer in terms of you know, how he's limited in the Shanahan offense because I imagine Brady in the boot action, which we've started to love with, obviously, with Brock Purdy, but Trey Lance, what Trey Lance can do in that action is even better than Brock Purdy, I think. Now, he can't throw it like Brock Purdy can, but the whole idea of we're going to fake it right, we're going to pull it, we're going to reverse and go all the way around the formation the other way, Tom Brady is not very fleet of foot, and that part of the offense, I think, would be missing. Yeah, I, I listen, I wonder. I mean, I respect the hell out of Joe Thomas. I, I, I just, I'm not sure I understand giving away your advantage. When you have an advantage in life, no matter what, you don't just give it away unless you have a huge reason. Now, some would argue that Tom Brady is a huge reason. Um, but this isn't just Tom Brady. It's a 46-year-old Tom Brady, and there's one part of what he said that I'm not 100% sure that I buy. Like, okay, Tom Brady went 8-9 and because his offensive line broke down and because this Big and because that. The offensive line was terrible. They, they lost. Uh, they were worse. injured. Yeah, yep. they, were, they were very, very injured. Um, but he also played in the worst division in football, and so you can say, oh, well, he went 8-9 and nine because everything broke down. Well, couldn't I respond and go, he actually probably should have gone like, I don't know, like 5-12. Five, five yeah. and, five and, uh, and the reason he went 8-9 and nine is because 
he had six games against junk in his division all year long. And they didn't even win most of those games, quite frankly. So I, I just, when you watch Tom Brady go against an elite, or at least, I, I, let's just call him good, a good, fast defense in the Dallas Cowboys, it wasn't even a matchup. It wasn't even a matchup. Well, so think about him against the Niners. A good, fast defense. It wasn't even a matchup. Not even a matchup. I know they had, he had a touchdown and it got called back. And Fine. All, all of that stuff. But the bottom line is, is I, I know we've been waiting for five years for Tom Brady's career to fall off the track, and it just never does. No. I'm not saying he can't play, but I think it's a legitimate conversation, A, can he still play at the level we think that we attach to his name? And B, uh, if you bring him in, what else are you giving up? Because you're, you're giving your financial advantage away, and that's something I don't want to give away this year. Absolutely. When you talk about Tom Brady and the reports are that he's going to command $30 million a year, let's even say it's twenty five. You get him in a bargain for $25 million. Well, you've given away that huge advantage, which is having a, a quarterback on a rookie deal, and you actually have two quarterbacks on a rookie deal. So you've got a QB on a rookie deal, a guy who led you to the conference championship game, and you've got an insurance policy who, by the way, you traded three, three first-round picks in order to acquire. So the only reason why you would make this move to get Tom Brady, and you said it earlier, and I totally agree with you, if you believe internally Trey Lance is not the guy. Yep. He's If he's not the guy. I, 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 so yeah. here's what you do. You trade Trey Lance to fill-in-the-blank team. And by the way, it's a huge cap hit. So you lose that cap number. And then you take the number that you do have, and you turn around and you give it to Tom Brady. So the Trey Lance cap hit, I think you said $20 million um, is yeah, It's at least me, $11 million. It might be up. Let's say it's $11 million, It's $15 million, And then you bring in Tom Brady for $30 million. All of a sudden, that's $45 million off your cap based on one position. Yeah. And you already have a guy in Brock Purdy who you think is your starter. I, I don't know. Like cap hit or dead cap. Those are two d different the dead numbers. Because if dead, you trade him, it's yeah, the dead cap. Dead cap. $20.1 million going into 2023. So your dead cap is 20 and then you bring in Tom Brady for one year at 30, that's a $50 million quarterback. Right. And this is kind of the Joe Lake of math. Yeah, when, this is Kelly Oubre. I, I was just going to say it's Kelly, Kelly Oubre. Oubre. Sorry. No, no, sorry. no. He cost you $80 million, right? <laughs> Kelly Oubre or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he cost you $80 million. And for, yeah, for Kelly Oubre. I yeah. like that. Nah, you Kelly like that? did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly liked it. That's a good answer. So that, I mean, and the other part of it is, okay, you don't get rid of Trey Lance. You keep Trey. So now you're just spending $30 million on Tom Brady. And now you You've got Brady, Purdy, and Lance. Lance is QB3, so now yeah. we don't find out what well, we have in Trey Lance again? Correct. What's yeah. the point? You don't, you're right that you don't have to trade him, but believe me, I will process it this way. If the 49ers bring in another big-name quarterback, I know a lot of people, oh, it's about Brock Purdy's injury. No, it's about them not liking Trey Lance. We have spent a year trying to figure out what the Niners actually think about Trey Lance. We did this a number of different times. Remember, they signed Garoppolo back. We're like, oh, it's a hedge. This is a hedge against Trey Lance. And then we watched the way they used Trey Lance and went, oh my gosh, they don't think he can throw. And they don't think he can run outside. So they're running him inside. There, there were breadcrumbs. I, I, I don't know, but there were breadcrumbs that the 49ers didn't have faith in Trey Lance to run the offense that Kyle wants to run. 
And now you've got this Purdy situation, and you know that they've already said he's our starter next year. So there's another breadcrumb. And then if you get to the point where Purdy is compromised physically and the Niners immediately run to the board to go pick someone else up, I mean, for me, that's the last breadcrumb. You don't like Trey Lance. Yeah. You don't like him. No, because Trey Lance is going to be healthy before Brock Purdy is healthy. Correct. So even if Brock Purdy is out until August and Doc Pandia, who joined us at 945 and joins us again tomorrow for more follow-up questions about injuries around the Bay Area, he told you that Brock Purdy should be able to throw after three months if the surgery goes as planned. So that puts you into early May, mid-May, which is long enough to where he should be able to go come the first week of the year. So if you're concerned about Purdy and Trey Lance and you bring in a third quarterback, that tells me all you need to know about how you feel about Trey Lance. Let's get some red and gold reaction. It's brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers shop from over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices exclusively at Zenny.com. Hey, Matt in San Francisco, you're on with Willard and Dibs. What are you doing, Matt? Hey guys, I'm uh, I'm just driving across the bridge right now. Um, I was listening to the, all the Brady talk, and first off, I think you guys are dead on. It, you've got Trey Lance. We we kept it on the tracks with Jimmy. Obviously, Brock comes in and does what he did. I think if Brock, for whatever reason, wasn't ready week one, you've got enough other weapons to keep the train on the tracks with with Trey. And in terms of the Brady stuff, Brady has. Badmouthed Shanahan after the Falcons game. Whatever their interviewer talks were when Brady was a free agent before going to Tampa, we heard that there was some rubbing the wrong way that went there. Shanahan's not known for being the most secure guy, and Brady's going to be like LeBron. He's a player coach. Shanahan's not going to want to share that. So I think they roll with Trey, or maybe you you know same money deal you guys just described could work with Rodgers. And Rodgers, by all accounts, seems to be a little bit more of a, of a partnership with LaFleur versus Brady, who will just call his own game, which I think would just drive Shanahan crazy. So I think you roll with Trey. Fingers crossed Brock's just ready and none of this matters at the end. But uh, hopefully Brock's good to go. All right. Matt, Matt, thanks. Thank I, you, Matt. I, I thought a lot of that was interesting until the very end when he said, Aaron Rodgers seems like someone who's more of a partner with his head coach. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Like... I, I don't Ask know. Matt Lafleur. I don't know how that any, partnership worked out. I don't out. know anybody in the NFL who's put himself on more of an island than Aaron Rodgers. Ask Mike McCarthy how that partnership <laughs> felt. And I want people to know this. I feel like people don't know this. Aaron Rodgers is not a free agent. Aaron Rodgers. Talk to me about his contract, Mark, because it's, got it up. it's almost Steph Curry in okay. with how Curry right. with how much money he's making. Yeah. So w- the way they've done this deal, it was a three-year, one hundred fifty point eight million dollar whoa, 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 deal. Hold on. Yeah. Say that again. Now there's a it's a 3 year 150.8 million dollar deal with a 40.8 million dollar signing bonus average salary uh, salary 50.2 per year. I now like that's Sally. that is that is spread out over signing bonuses, roster bonuses. There's options in there. There's a potential out in 2024. But that is that's still two more years. That's still two more seasons away. Like the base salary for next year is one point one million dollars. Just one point one million dollars. This is twelve point nine million dollars signing bonus. Yeah, okay. It's a fourteen point five million dollar option. Oh. Got fifty thousand dollar workout bonus in there. Work it out, Aaron. Okay? There's a restructure at two point eight. Your cap hit is thirty one point six, and your dead cap is ninety nine point seven million dollars. Ninety nine. 
99 Luff Millions? The 99, balloons? 99 Problems, and Aaron is one. Yeah, jeez. So, like, I, I, this is a complex deal, whoever's acquiring Aaron Rodgers, if it is someone. This is a complex deal. And like I said before, the only reason I think there's a scenario where you could end up talking to Tom Brady is it's a one-and-done thing. Get exactly. in, get out, move on. Those of you who want the 49ers to go talk to someone who's going to want five years, like, what? Steph Curry, by the way, has, after this year, three years and 167 remaining. So, Aaron Rodgers, maybe you want to call Steph and see if he can spot you a little bit because you're coming up short. Steph making 51.9, 55.7, and 59.6. So, I apologize to Aaron for putting you in Steph country because... As I do my guru, you can't sniff Steph. That's right. <laughs> you come on over to the Bay. Seriously. You can be athlete two in this town. In, in terms um, of uh, AAV, exactly. average annual in terms of value. Everything. The Aaron Rodgers conversation is a non-starter. I agree. You don't have the trade uh, assets to trade for him, and the money, as you mentioned, is way too rich. I mean, the, the 49ers after McCaffrey and Lance, they're not trading for anybody uh, with a big name, I wouldn't think. All right, 888-957-9570. We'll get to more of your calls coming up next. I uh, I see maybe a BPA might be in, the, in our future. You owe me. Oh, and uh, we got to get to the Warriors, a- and we will on Willard and Dips. I'd be yeah. a great cop. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. <laughs> Don't you do that to the audience. Don't you tell them to relax. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling Kyle to relax. Nope. Don't do it. You know why? Why, Mark? It's I'm in a good mood today. It's R-E-L-A-X. Baby Friday. Thank you, Aaron. Relax. It's Man, Baby Friday. It's not effective. It's correct, but it's not effective. Um, no, you try it again. No, it's... Don't in- tell me to calm down. It's ineffective. Don't put words in my mouth. Re- Don't tell me to calm down. Yeah, relax, calm down. Uh, what are some of the other ones where... I could not care less. Yeah, they're, they're great advice, and they never work because whoever you're talking to never wants to hear them. By the time you tell someone to calm down, they're already so far <laughs> from being calm... It's way too late. And it only makes them more mad. Exactly. It's an agitation sensation. If your goal as the speaker is to get somebody else to calm down, then you need to find a different way to tell them to calm down because saying Mellow out, bro. Yeah, to say them calm down actually has the exact opposite effect is my experience in life. No no doubt. (laughs) I've said it to my dog. You don't know calming down. That doesn't work either, by the way. Yeah. Calm 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 down, down. Penny. It's just a person. It's just the Amazon guy. (laughs) Calm down. He's here six days a week. Seriously, he's been here for an hour. Right. Just putting stuff on the doorstep. And the FedEx guy's coming and the UPS driver's right behind him. Seriously. And then they're also just, you know, people out there. Isn't that great about dogs? They'll freak out. At something that is literally omnipresent. It's like, oh my gosh, they run to the door and they're flying up against the window. What do you see, girl? Oh, it's a a human being. Right. It's just, a, there's a person out but there. But it's not her human. It's a it's a foreign human. <laughs> and you want your dog on that edge. Got, you need your dog on that you edge. You got problems with foreign humans? What are you saying right now? Somebody foreign who's not you, Mark. It has it. nothing to I do with it. nationality. <laughs> All right. Tremendous. Uh, let's go to Tony and Alameda on Willard and Dibs. Hey, Tony, what are you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? Just 
upgrading my internet, so I may lose you pretty soon. Oh boy, yeah. Uh, the word upgrade is one of my least favorites. It it usually turns into three weeks of not working. Yeah, that that's. I think that's where we're at. Yeah. All right. Well, but sorry I, to hear I, it. I was, uh, what do you think of Derek Carr? I mean, that your uh, producer didn't seem to be all that crazy about him, but <laughs> Derek's done a lot with the Raiders. I just think he's had a lot of bad coaches. Um, Tony, yeah, I heard all, booze in the yeah, background, exactly. Tony. I think Ooh, we know. Uh, that was Jared Stidham joining the show. <laughs> <laughs> or it was, uh, you know, maybe it was Josh Jacobs or it was Darren Waller. Adams or... Uh, Devontae went to Las Vegas to play with D.C. So we're told. Well, th- and that's, I, I think, mean, that's what know, Devontae Adams basically uh, said. So. You know, people say nice things about it. You want to know one of my favorite wide receiver quarterback get-together combos was? actually involved Derek Carr. Did you ever see the video that they put out on social media when Antonio Brown signed with... Yeah, and he burned his feet, right? <laughs> no, he put, Antonio joins the Raiders and Derek Carr and Antonio Brown, and I think we all know this now, are there two human beings on planet Earth who are more different and probably cannot connect on anything other than throwing and catching a ball than Derek Carr and Antonio Brown. And they tried to do this social media thing when Brown joined the Raiders and Carr, like, I think Brown shows up at Carr's house. He's like, knocks on the door and Derek opens it. Hey, what's going on, man? Not much, man. What's going on with you? You good? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. Yeah, so what's going on, man? Not much. I'm good. You good? Yeah, man. You good? Good, man. It's good. It's good to have you here. Yeah, man. It's good. It's like, oh my God, shut up. Awkward. I'm like, <laughs> it, was, it was the weirdest thing. And then and then it played out the way it played out, and I was like, oh. Well, Antonio Brown played out the way that we thought yes, that that would yes, play out. Yes, and, yes. you know, Derek Car- Carr won that breakup, if there is such a thing. But as far as the caller's uh, quest for Derek Carr, Derek Carr is looking for a multi-year deal. Derek Carr is a quarterback who likely will get a multi-year for deal. Sure he will. He's not coming in for a one-year stopgap sort of arrangement. If you're looking for a new quarterback for the Niners, you're looking for somebody who is either at the end of their career, Tom Brady, or not very good and looking to compete for a spot, Andy Dalton, Mitch Trubisky, uh, maybe Matt Ryan is that guy. I don't know what his deal's like in Indianapolis, but you're looking for a quarterback who is near the end, and probably not very good anymore. Do you know what's weird? Do you know what this injury is making me realize? And I, and I, I hate this. This injury is making me realize you all actually didn't believe in Brock Purdy. You just wanted to. You got caught up in a win streak, and your true colors are now being shown. Joe Thomas even said it. Like, okay, eight games in a row, but did anybody there believe that Brock Purdy is a top 10 or 15 QB in the NFL? No. Well, okay, I'm not saying through eight games he solidified himself as the top half of the league, but do you know what the 15th best quarterback in the NFL looks like? It ain't that great. No. It, it, it ain't it's that Jimmy special. Jimmy Garoppolo. Thank you. Is what it was. And Brock Purdy was a clear upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. There's no one who could even disagree with that, let alone would. But what I'm learning is this injury has opened the door to, for many of you, your actual feelings about Brock Purdy, which is you still thought it was circumstantial or Jeremy Lin or just some sort of cosmic thing that was going on, and you don't actually think it is sustainable. Because so many of you, Derek 
car? You, th- this has nothing to do with Brock Purdy's UCL. If you come at me with Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, forget Andy that. If you come at me with anything like that, you are firmly putting a Sharpie on paper that says, I don't think Brock's the guy. And by the way, if that's your take, fine. But say it, because no one was saying that last week. No, before the UCL injury. Nobody said that. But let's just say, and Brock Purdy likely will be good enough to come back in May and start throwing, and by August, maybe he's ready to play football again. But let's just say that you as an organization feel like you need another quarterback in the room, whether it's because you don't believe in Trey Lance, you're not sure about Trey Lance, but you want another quarterback. Matt Ryan is under contract for one more year with Indianapolis, and the Colts are undergoing another regime change, and they're likely going to be looking for a new quarterback anyway. How would you feel about Matt Ryan for one year at $15 million as he wraps up his career? I would like to vomit in my mouth. That's how I feel about Matt Ryan, who was Is it awful, good vomit or bad vomit? He was terrible. No. Is a, there, reu- a reunion a with vomit? Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> yeah, Kyle, what's up? I think the bigger thing for me personally with, with Brock and the idea that they would bring somebody else in, like a Derek Carr, one of those kind of mid-tier Jimmy Garoppolo-tier quarterbacks, to me... That's more about like uncertainty about Brock's health, and like if he gets no tra- no off season, and then you drop him in in the second week of camp, let's just say, it's like how much better is he? Is he good to go? What's his arm strength look like? It's not about Brock and what what he he did this year. It's it's legitimately a hedge against man. This is a quarterback who just tore yeah, his UCL. I, I don't agree because what you're saying, you're making. No, I'm that, telling you my feelings. Right, except you for but you're taking. I don't agree with your feelings. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't agree with the way you're processing this because you're not signing Derek Carr for five games. It's not a hedge. It's a you're our dude for five years. That's the contract Derek's going to get. So you're all looking at this through the lens of Brock Purdy's injury, and you're forgetting what this other quarterback is going to sign for. That quarterback's not coming to San Francisco so that you can play tiddlywinks in the QB room for five years. These guys have massive egos. These guys want security. These guys want to be the dude. you got to understand the NFL locker room. QB1 is a thing. That's the guy. That's the man. That's the leader. It's his team. You can't bring in a major name and give him four years and then be like, so, let's go play training camp, see who wins the deal. That's not how an NFL locker room works. You're not bringing in one of these guys and calling them a stopgap or a hedge. If you're moving on to Derek Carr, you're moving on to Derek Carr. You're not. There's no. You're not moving on to Derek Carr. Thank you. Derek Carr's a non-starter. Thank you. You're not moving on to anyone. Brock Purdy is QB one, and Trey Lance is QB two? Question mark. And if you bring in a QB three who is nothing more than a Nathan Peterman or a Nate Sudfeld, if you bring in somebody else who is a real quarterback who started in one games in this league, then you're telling everybody we don't believe in Trey Lance because Brock Purdy is going to be good enough to throw by May, hopefully. He's good enough to play real football by August. And if those things are true, he is QB1. So then you're really bringing in a QB2 because you don't believe that Trey Lance can be your QB2. So go ahead and take out your Garoppolo's, your Ryan's, your Brady's, your Rogers's, your Cars, <laughs> your Cousins's, all the rest of these guys. Yep. If you're bringing in a veteran 
to be a QB in this room, you're bringing in somebody who is either a reclamation project or somebody who's not great at the end uh, of their career. I, I totally agree. Uh, but but in this conversation, everybody's got to think about what that quarterback's going to want to do. I, I just think everyone's bringing up names uh, of people who are going to get five-year deals no, no, for no. $200 million right. offers not on the open market right now. Someone's going to go, someone in the NFC South is going to go banana land for Derek Carr. Like, the 49ers are not getting Derek Carr and, and shouldn't want to. So you're absolutely right. If there's a QB2 conversation, that's a hit on Trey Lance. If you guys want to have a long-term QB1 conversation, I'm sorry. You don't get to disassociate that from your feelings on Brock Purdy. Absolutely. You're not, if this is not about, oh, his elbow hurts and he might not be ready to week five. If you're going to go hand the job to QB1 someone else, what's really deep in there, you don't believe that what you saw from Brock Purdy is real. You don't think it's sustainable. What I saw from Brock Purdy is real and it's sustainable. Is it good enough to win the Super Bowl? Unfortunately, we didn't find out this year. But I do know that the only game he lost was a game in which he was knocked out early on in the first quarter. If I run through the quarterback free agent names for you, you can get a sense for, I think, the kind of quarterback you'd be looking to bring in. Guys like Sam Darnold, Case Keenum, Jacoby Brissett, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, <clears throat> C.J. Beathard oh, is a free yeah. agent. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, even like Taylor Heineke sure. is probably not coming in on a one-year deal. Blaine Gabbert, Chase Daniel, Gabbert. Chad Henney, possible Super Bowl winning quarterback. I actually think some of the names you said right off the top make sense. Josh Johnson, well, Nate Sudfeld. Jeff Driscoll. A lot of former Niners on this list, by the way. Of course. Jeff Driscoll drafted here. Uh, you've got John Wolford, Easton Stick. I mean, these are the kind of guys who you could throw a one-year deal at and say, hey, here's a couple million just in case Trey's no good and Brock can't play. Maybe you could be our Josh Johnson. Well, here's what they're going to want to do, I think, right? There's OTAs. There's going to be the build-up to camp, and Brock Purdy's not going to be available for those things. And a team is going to want, just even if it's a camp quarterback, right. they're going to want a camp quarterback. You're going to know, I think, early if the 49ers believe that even a temporary QB1 tag can go to Trey Lance's helmet or not. Right. Right, based on who that QB is. If it is Jeff Driscoll, mm. then the answer is yeah. I forgot a big name on the list, by the way. Who is it? Well, I should I should cue up the what are you doing sound for this because it is my what are you doing because the name on the list. Cue it, it up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm angry. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> go ahead. I mean, yeah. What are you doing? It's it's it. a lot to say. My only weapon was my mouth. But they just have one what are you right doing now? right now? What are you doing right now? What are, what are you doing right now? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Hey, NFL, what the blank are you doing? And this is what it's come to, Mark, with the Pro Bowl. We've got a quarterback going to the Pro Bowl who threw for 685 yards in six games. He threw two touchdowns, and he threw three interceptions. Does that sound like a Pro Bowl resume? It wouldn't even be good enough to be player of the month, and God forbid you know he wouldn't be player of the week. This is not to disparage Tyler Huntley, but Tyler Huntley, Mark, is a Pro Bowl quarterback. He's been named 
to the AFC's dodgeball flag football roster, and Tyler Huntley is, in fact, going to be a free agent. So, NFL, what are you doing? Can we take a pillow and walk up to the Pro Bowl while the Pro Bowl sleeps and just suffocate this baby once and for all? It's an absolute embarrassment. If I'm Tyler Huntley... I'm embarrassed that I've been named to the Pro Bowl. Well, I don't mind if they want to go have a fun weekend in Vegas in a skills competition. I could give a rip, but but I'm with you from this perspective. Uh, great writer Jason Cole, he's come on the show before. I love what he just said on Twitter about this. He wrote, no offense to Tyler Huntley, but this is why the Pro Bowl is no longer meaningful as a measure of greatness. Right. When I vote for the Hall of Fame, saying a guy made the Pro Bowl just doesn't mean anything anymore. So... Facts. Like, when we get into right, that whole thing right. about, oh, well, he's a three-time pro bowler. Great. Great. It's the least meaningful, the most meaningless accolade in all of sports. Yep. The idea that you are a, quote, pro bowler. So, Tyler Huntley, at the end of his career, hey, he's a one-time pro bowler. Dude, he threw for 658. I had it wrong. Not 685. 658 yards passing, Mark. And because he's a guy with a pulse in the AFC, he goes. How did we even get to him? I know Josh Allen begged out. out. He's out with an injury. Mahomes is playing. Mahomes is playing. Burrow's playing. But, like, and I imagine, is Herbert already in? Okay. Yeah. Is Trevor Lawrence in? Yeah, he just got named. Okay, Trevor Lawrence is already in. Um, Lamar Jackson is obviously hurt. Okay, Tua is hurt. I mean, Mac Jones deserves it more than Tyler Huntley. Mike White deserves it more than Tyler Huntley. Pickett deserves it more than Wilson Tyler Huntley. and Kenny. <laughs> Jarrett Stidham, based on one week against the yes. Niners, actually, really, actually no, does. He does. <laughs> he does. Deserves it more than. That's weird. Brock man. Osweiler deserves it more uh, than Tyler Huntley. Russell, Did they just Russell Wilson uh, draw uh, names uh, out of a hat? <laughs> like, ge- no, genuinely, like. like this doesn't make any sense. There's not even a track of like, well, they won this game and this game, and he had this really. Like he was just. Yeah. Well, and even he came in and got hurt, right? Yes. Anthony Brown, isn't that yes. the guy who came in? Yeah. Also and then Huntley, Huntley played in the in the uh, in the playoff game. And then uh, uh, fumbled the ball to get the game away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, okay. All right. I think they needed a, a Tyler, and so they're like, "Damn, we need oh, a Tyler." Yeah, we're bag. out of Tyler's. <laughs> yeah, we're fresh out of Tyler's. We gotta have a Tyler. Do you know what we do have? We have a Rodney. How about uh, Rodney in uh, Virginia on Willard and Dibs? Hi, Rodney. What are you doing? Hey, what's going on? I'm calling in. Um, got a question. Um. A lot of the, the national media, um, they tear, they like to tear down Trey Lance, and I want to know why the 49ers as an organization does not come out to protect him because we have seen teams like the Jets come out and protect Zach Wilson, even though he's not been great, but they still come out and protect him. The 49ers allow Trey Lance to get dashed by national media and fans, and I don't think it's fair because we have seen bad quarterbacks and they do not come out and protect these guys for some reason. I wonder why. It's, it's, it, it's interesting, Rodney. Thanks, here's, Rodney. Yeah, here's what I would say about that. First of all, these are very different situations. The Jets come out to protect Zach Wilson because they feel like they have to because Zach is really, really getting attacked because he actually stinks. And he's under like, contract for two more years. Right, and he's also in, right, and he's in New York, um, and, and that's a part of it. 
Uh, the 49ers may not feel like they need to protect Trey Lance because I don't think there's one-fourth one of the talk about Trey Lance that there is about Zach Wilson. He played five quarters. They're really just, I don't think, I think you're hearing more talk than what there is. The talk I hear about Trey Lance is not so much disparaging as it is we have no idea. We right. never got a chance to even see the guy. And then I'd also say this. You ever want to compare anything the Jets are doing to what the 49ers are doing? Just go with this rule. What the 49ers are doing is right. And what the Jets are doing is wrong. Like, you don't engage with the media. The 49ers are above that. Good organizations above it. You, like, and you there's ever, a different you ever media see Bill market Belichick out here. come out and be like, oh, God, I don't address what you said about my cornerback. No, like, th- that's Jets stuff, man. Like, it's also the New York media, the sensationalized media, and the fact that, and Zach Wilson, by the way, has put himself out there in ways that point. Trey Lance has not. Good and point. so because of that, people are coming at him more than they are Trey Lance. Trey Lance is an overdrafted, underexperienced quarterback who got hurt before he could really do anything. And beyond that, he hasn't, well, he had the one incident, the photo of him being in the club. We don't know if that was from before he was a player or after, but even that big deal, Trey Lance has done nothing but work hard and try to get healthy. And until he becomes QB1, out here, we don't focus on things like that like they do in New York. Well, Robert Sala, who I really like, I mean, they're forced to address this because you got a media out there that's looking to poke and prod and clickbait and all of that. Like, what about this about Zach Wilson? What about that about Zach Wilson? Nobody spent any time with Kyle Shanahan this year in press conferences going, you know, what, what about Trey Lance? He couldn't make that throw. Like, no one's trying to approach it that way, and it wouldn't have been appropriate anyway. Like I said, A, he played five quarters, and B, the 49ers were winning every week. Why would anybody even... Wouldn't it have been weird if the 49ers came out somewhere along the line in week 12 and started talking about Trey Lance? That would have been really inappropriate, quite frankly, to Garoppolo or Purdy or whatever was right. going on. They were winning every week. So the conversation was about that and and not about some sort of ineffectiveness with a young quarterback. And the young quarterback is going to either have a chance to prove himself as worthy or he's not. And at that point... All the questions will come out. So let's just say that we get three months down the road and Brock Purdy's healthy enough to come back and you get into the offseason work and, man, Trey Lance is just not cutting it and we get close to the draft and, boom, they trade Trey Lance for whatever compensation they get back. At that point, there will be an onslaught. There'll be an avalanche of questions to the 49ers about the Trey Lance experience. And if Trey Lance is still on the team come August and Brock Purdy is still QB1, at that point, there will be an avalanche. There'll be an onslaught of questions about whether or not Trey Lance will ever be good enough to be QB1 as he enters his third year. You traded three first-round picks, and this guy, again, isn't the starter. Yeah. So I think out here we're a little bit more measured in terms of when we actually ask the hard question. I, I hope that this is just the reaction because of the gut punch of what happened Sunday, followed by the news yesterday of a torn UCL complete tear. I hope that that's what this is. I'm with you. I think the first answer we're going to get is what the 49ers actually think about Lance. That's the first answer we're going to get. What do the Niners do early in the offseason to address the QB position alongside Trey while he is the offseason QB1? Like, what do you do there? But the next question about Brock Purdy's future 
It just that's what it feels like to me. The reaction I'm hearing over the last 24 hours, the fact that people are are taking a five to six month timeline, which is completely inside of the off season, right, and immediately going to well, inexperienced. Let's go a different direction. It that's what it says to me. You're 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 either overly emotional in the moment, or you actually did not really think that Brock Purdy can do this for an extended period of time. I think it's the former. It's overly emotional. It's also not understanding the nature of the timeline to return. And this is where Doc Pandia, who joined us at 945, he comes back tomorrow at 1130. This is where he provided great clarity because if the surgery is a success, in three months, he's throwing again. And in six months, he's playing football again. So if you get to August 1st, which is right when camp is getting ramped up, Brock Purdy will be a full go. So at that point... The things you're saying, Mark, are true. If you still want to get another quarterback, it's because you don't believe in Brock Purdy. It has nothing to do with the injury. Uh, It's all sponsored by CalHope.org. Red and Gold Reaction is brought to you by the SF Sheriff's Office. Your future begins here. Visit sfsheriff.com and apply today. And Red and Gold Reaction is what we're continuing to do. Coming up next, some more of your phone calls at 888-957-9570. This is Weatherton Debs.